0: This is Stan and Carl with A Word Fitly Spoken. This is a privately funded podcast, and yet we need your support, not with money, but with your prayers, that this ministry accomplishes two things. One is that we spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, and second, that this is a platform for Christians to be able to tell their story. Also, please subscribe to our podcast and like us. This makes our podcast much easier for others to find on Stitcher and iTunes and iHeartRadio and anywhere that podcasts are playing this recording and the material within it is copyrighted and any rebroadcast or use of the material without expressed written consent is strictly prohibited For
1: a heart and broken a soul strained and hoping in a world lost but knowing that you hello and
0: welcome to a word fitly spoken with Carl and Stan. We are here to bring you the good news, give some reports from the local mission field, and to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. So sit back, listen, and enjoy A Word Fitly Spoken. Oh, Lord, we pray,
1: please show the way, with a word fitly spoken.
0: Well, welcome, everybody. This is the very first podcast For a word fitly spoken. Now, if you're wondering where the title of the podcast came from, it's from Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 11. It says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. And that's exactly what we hope to be able to deliver for you, in that uh, we are looking to interview many different people about their relationships with God, how they come to know Christ as their Savior, what drew them to the church that they currently worship within. And the gentleman that helps me with this podcast, and it's really, it's a two-part effort, 50-50, right down the middle, a lot of work involved here. It's Carl Klima, and of course, I'm Stan Schultz. And um, today, what we want to do is to give you an idea of why we're doing the podcast, and give you a little bit of background on ourselves, our personal testimonies, so that we can get those out there. So, Carl, tell me, when did you first come to Christ?
1: Well, I was seven years old. I was going to Calvary Baptist Church in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Ah, oh. guess what song was playing for the invitation?
0: Just as I am. Just as How I, I am. you know it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a Baptist church in the South. That's what they do.
1: And uh, something through that song actually, you know, reached out to me and pulled out to me. And yeah. I know that was the Holy Spirit calling. A- absolutely. Me. And I turned to mom. I said, "You know what? I'm ready." You know, and she's like, "Okay, let's go." Oh, that's fantastic. So we went down, and uh, I gave my heart to Jesus, and uh, I had this terrible fear of water so <laughs> i did not get baptized immediately okay um i uh put that off for a few years until i felt i was ready okay to be baptized because i don't know water just scared me i don't know why
0: that's why you didn't take a bath no. until you were 22 right right okay yeah. <laughs> well 25 okay the there you go <laughs> no wow
1: so anyway that's you know when i came to to christ um i i started moving away from god yeah. Um, you know, you have that high mountaintop experience and sure. you tell everybody and then, you know, it, it fades and you start being right. and getting back again. into the world, right back the world. into the world. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I was fine for a few years because, you know, elementary school, you know, you're, you're pretty good. You know, you've got other kids. They all go to church, too. And but then, you know, you get to junior high and high school. And then you have all the world influences and the things you get into that you probably shouldn't be getting into. Exactly.
0: We all went there.
1: And, you know, I went through a lot of a lot of things that I shouldn't have been in. And even by the time I got married, I was still you know, I was going to church and things, you know, but it was kind of a rut and I got right. stuck in that. Yeah. And when when we went to the Emmaus Walk, everything turned around for me. Yes. It's a totally different I see the world totally differently now.
0: It was such a spiritual uplifting moment. I agree with you. And you and I went through that experience together. And for the listeners out there, we will explain more about Emmaus on a later podcast, but essentially it's an organization where a group of men or a group of women will get together and work to rekindle that that spirit so that you feel that, that joy of your salvation, fill your soul and just get you all revved up to get back out there and to bear fruit for the Lord. And Honestly, Carl, uh, I was invited and I had invited you and, uh, f- so that we could go and share that moment together and I'm glad we did. Yeah, me too. Uh, it, it, it drew us closer as friends, you know, and uh, quite frankly, um, Carl is one of my accountability partners. He's one of those that helps keep me uh, straight. He knows where I'm going to fail, and he'll smack me in the back of the head and help me along and I do the same for him, and it's really helped our Christian walk. And in all honesty, this podcast would not exist today if it weren't for those first steps we took on right. the Emmaus Walk. Absolutely. And it's just been a wonderful thing. And your family has been blessed by this. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh. Wonderful yeah. fa- wonderful family.
1: They, they see changes in me that uh, yeah. they didn't see before. So Right.
0: Explain to me why we're doing these podcasts. What, what, what has uh, motivated you to take part in this and to move this forward?
1: Uh, I think this is an easy way for me to help promote the gospel to people. Right. I I have trouble speaking to people, but if somebody at work brings it up to me, I will certainly talk about it. Right. but you know, out in out in the world, you know, I can't just cold walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, do you know Jesus?" Right? Because I think that's I think that's hard, and I think it might it's hard for people to hear too. It
0: sometimes. is, and and that is that can be a difficult conversation. And we most definitely in future podcasts are going to talk about how do you approach someone about Christ? How do you bring Christ into the conversations so that you can plant those seeds and bear fruit for for the Lord? So. What led you and your family to choose Wins Baptist Church as your church home?
1: Looking back across my life, I can see the places where God has guided where I have been. You know, when I'm living in it, I don't necessarily see it, but I can certainly look back on it and say, Oh, yeah. There's no way that I could have handled that. Right. So um, so there are places in my life, and one of the places is, you know, I, I went to when I went to college, I ran into my wife. I'm really sure that God placed her there. There's no doubt. Right. <laughs> there is no doubt, because um, I mean she is the best. Yes. You know she she handles things, and uh, I need that sometimes. I need things to be handled. I
0: hear you. God gives uh, no. us what we need <laughs> to make us better. You're one person when you're with her, then that's that comes through.
1: Alright. So when we moved to Richmond, you know uh, we you know started looking for a church. You know we visited her church a few few times and uh, visited other churches, and then we landed at a church um, where. Uh, I felt like I needed to be, but I don't know that I should have been there, really. The church was kind of stagnant, and it wasn't really going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, everything right. uh, on Sunday morning felt like, you know, uh, God wants you to feel good. That, that's what it felt like.
0: Yeah, kind uh, of a Joy Boy thing. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: it didn't feel m- much evangelistic, and eventually there were some changes in the church that uh, kind of pushed my wife and I to start looking at other churches. Right. So, you know, we visited a whole lot of churches, and there are some good churches in this area. But, you know, we visited Wins, and we kept coming back to Wins a few times. And I'm going to say this, and it, it's, everybody else seems to say it, it feels like home.
0: There you go. I know. It, it does sound cliche, but, my goodness, it's so true. It, it feels it like it's the right really place. It really is. It's his home.
1: And uh, I wouldn't have met you had I not been coming here.
0: Right, that's true, yeah.
1: So, you know, I sing in the choir, and, yeah. you know, I... Hang out with you. and Yeah. You've
0: you done know. security before. A few other things. <laughs> a little
1: <bit. laughs> um, so, so that's how we ended up here at WINS. Yeah. Um, okay. And the people here just really just make you feel welcome.
0: They really do. And your kids are actually a part of the choirs. Uh, I think uh, you have three daughters.
1: Yes. Amelia's in Masterpiece Kids now.
0: Right. She used to be a little lamb. That's oh, right. She's graduated.
1: Lauren is in Set Apart, and Kate used to be in Set Apart, but she's graduated out.
0: That's right. So. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story.
1: So, Stan, how about you tell me about when you came to Christ?
0: Well, my, my story is a, it can be very long-winded, but I promised you that I would keep <laughs> it as short as possible. Well, I grew up in Arkansas. Uh, I was born and raised there on a farm, actually, uh, and lived there until I graduated high school and I got off the farm as fast as I could. But... I came to Christ and uh, accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior on July 3rd, 1976. One day before the 4th of July on the Bicentennial. That's, and it makes it easy for me to remember. Maybe that's why. I don't know. But I worked on that farm. I, the family, we were just dirt poor. I mean, dirt poor. Uh, the most expensive thing I owned was an old field code radio that I kept on my bed. But uh, I worked out in cotton fields and hay fields and picked a lot of tomatoes. And I would always work with the same crews. And there was these two elderly black gentlemen that I used to work with out in the fields. Uh, It was uh, Moonlight Joe and Lester. And Moonlight Joe, he's got an interesting name. It's interesting how he got his name. Uh, And I really shouldn't talk about it too much because it does have to do with moonshine. you know. So it's one of those kind of things. But Moonlight Joe was just a great man. We were working out in the cotton fields, and if you know anything about working out in cotton fields they're i mean it's hot down there in Arkansas in the delta land you're hunched over you're carrying a big bag, and you're pulling cotton out of these pods as carefully as you can because the pods are really sharp and they'll cut at your fingers and i'm out there i'm I'm eleven years old, and I'm just complaining with every pull but the two guys uh, Lester was on one side, moonlight Joe was on the other. And uh, these guys were in their 70s at this time, somewhere around there. And there they are in that 110 degree heat, bent over pulling cotton and singing. They were singing the whole time. It just, it it blew me away. Was it just as I am? Well, believe it or not, no, but you're in the right ballpark. It was Buda Land. It was Swing Low, Swing Down, Chariot. It was, you know, it was all these wonderful old... Uh, Great songs, It's All Right, which is an old uh, gospel spiritual. And these guys would sing it, and they'd have these big old grins on their faces. And for whatever reason, to my 11-year-old ears, their voices were amazing. And they always had a smile on their face. Lunchtime came, and there were some old black walnut trees that kind of stood uh, like kind of in the middle of the field, and they had them stretching across. And we would go there and sit under the shade trees, and everything, and eat our lunch. And I asked those guys, "What was Beulah Land? And what do you mean about uh, Rock of Ages? I, I don't, I don't get that. Tell me, tell me what that's all about. And you know, what's this circle that's not going to be broken? You know, <laughs> yeah. all these wonderful things. And those guys proceeded to tell me about Jesus Christ. And I could not get that out of my head. Why would anybody care about me? Especially the son of the creator of the entire universe. I couldn't grasp that. Because I'm just a dirty, poor, barefoot country boy. I couldn't grasp that. It didn't make sense to me. And I remember going home that evening. uh, And instead of going to my home, actually, I went over to my grandpa's house. And he was sitting on the front porch, as he usually was there, you know, did in the evenings. And I went over and I sat down next to him. And I started telling him about what Moonlight Joe and Lester said. And uh, I asked him if any of that was true. And my grandpa said, absolutely. And he proceeded to tell me the rest of the story. And I accepted Christ that day on the front porch of that old farmhouse. And I I remember getting up off my knees after my grandpa helped me say that prayer. And I remember looking out across that pasture, which I had done a thousand times before. It was like it was the first time I ever saw it. It was beautiful, the joy that was inside me was just
1: amazing. it makes things look different.
0: It does the yeah. whole world it's like what is it the bible says uh that God removed the scales from paul's eyes so yeah. Paul could actually see the way God wanted him to see that 's exactly mm-hmm. what happened and uh I would like to tell you that I continued to see that way, but that would not be true. Uh, I got just like you I got went back into the world and kind of made my mistakes and all of these things. And years would go by. I'd uh, go out, try to make my living and, you know, make something of myself. I had to have a family um, and all these things. And my kids were in their early teens. When I finally woke up, you know, something happened, uh, kind of knocked some sense back into me. And a couple of the scales start falling off from my eyes. And I started to see things the way they really were. And I did not like the person I was. And I started going back to church, trying to get my life right with God, and I really wanted to focus on bearing fruit for the Lord. I came to Winds, started coming to Winds in 2014, mostly because it's a small country church. I love that. It kind of reminded me a lot of the church I grew up in, but also because it was a small country church that did not appear to have single women. And I'm thinking, well, this is pretty good because I was going to churches and I would, you know, they'd find out I was single. You know, and it stopped being about going to church, and it was about this whole other thing. this
1: class you need to visit. Exactly,
0: (laughs) exactly. It's the singles class. You're going to love it. (laughs) You'll be the only guy in there. (laughs) No, that wasn't the reason. The reason was exactly what you said. I mean, I took one step into this building, and Miss Linda Duke gives me a big old hug. And when when she finally let loose, (laughs) there was Joel Sutton. He grabbed my hand. He said, come with me. I got a Sunday school class for you. I didn't have to ask. They were there, big grins, caring, just made you feel like you were a part of it all, and that has never changed. If anything, it's just got it gets sweeter, and, and just the relationships grow deeper, and my fellowship with these folks just it just gets stronger and stronger with every moment that we we get a chance to spend together. About three years ago, I started uh, teaching. I started to teach the uh, seekers class. In all honesty, it was the teaching of the Seekers class in this dream that I had that kind of led me to the idea of us putting this podcast together. So in my Seekers class, I have a class of just incredible lifetime Christians, folks who have just lifetime worth of experiences and uh, that they have that they're willing to share, and they're eager to get that out. I got to notice that the in, in talking with them, quite a few of them, not only did they want to tell their story, they would also let me know how difficult it is to find an opportunity to, to tell their story. Because in this today's culture, no one really wants to listen anymore. Uh, unfortunately, it seems like here in the United States, a person gets to a certain age and they cease to have any value or worth to the general society as a whole. And they're put on shelves or they're stuck in homes or they're just basically set aside as a fond memory but a scene of no no worth mm-hmm. and that's simply not true as a matter of fact their life experiences and in um, the stories that they have to tell those are the lessons we all need to be listening to to help us avoid some of the pitfalls that we experience in our lives and i realize that there needs to be a way a platform for which we all have an opportunity to go to so that we can tell our stories, get that out there. Because it's our stories that help us help others, help us bear fruit, that gives us that chance to plant those seeds that we've all been instructed to go out and do, right? So with that, some things come from that. One of the people in my class was Dean Martin. Now, Dean and I talked about this for quite some time, and the end result for Dean was he wrote a book. You know, it's a small book, but it's his, and it's a story of his life, and it's it's his message. He found a way to get his message out there. He said, "You know what? I'm not going on a shelf. I'm not going to be shut up. I do have something to offer, and here it is." And I love the man for that. You know, we have other people in there. Miss Linda, she will tell anybody and everybody just how much she loves the Lord. You know, um, Russ White, all these different people there that are in the class will be more than happy to tell you about their experiences with God. I want to give them a chance to get that out there. And this podcast started to come into bloom. But the other reason why I was motivated so much to get this done had to do with this dream. And it was a recurring dream. And as a matter of fact, I just had it again about a week or week or so ago when I was on the road. I, I can't seem to shake it. But the, in the dream, I'm walking down this road and there's a gentleman standing next to me. And I turn to him and he says, I'm going to help you see. And then I look out on this busy city street, and I see all these people, and above everybody's heads, there's a cross. Now, the crosses are different sizes, but the crosses are either black or they're white, and they're all these different sizes, and I'm like trying to figure out what's going on, and the white ones are obviously those, the very few white ones that you would see, those are the ones that had accepted Christ, and the black ones are the ones who have yet to experience that salvation, and the shorter the cross, the closer they were to death. That's what the that's what the dream was. The lo- tall crosses had a lot of life left, but the short crosses very little life left. And I, in my dream, I see somebody come by, and the cross is so small you can barely see it, and it's black. And I, I run up and I, I start getting in their face and yelling, "You need to accept Christ. You need to accept Jesus as your savior. You need to." And then I usually wake up at that point and I'm sweating and I'm shaking and and I'm realizing that no, I, I can't see the cross above that person's head. I don't know the condition of their soul. But I do know that every single one of those people, they need to know what Jesus has done for them and what he's done for me, what he's done for you. I feel this desire that's started to just swell up I cannot control I have to get it out there so it's my prayer that through this podcast we can get these testimonies and these amazing stories out there so that it will change lives and lead people to Jesus oh Lord, we pray
1: please show the way
0: We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope you were blessed by hearing these testimonies. If you have any prayer requests, or you wish to tell your story, please reach out to us. We have an email address. It's wordfitlyspoken at outlook.com. And as you go through your week, please remember, as it says in Proverbs twenty five eleven, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. Have a blessed
1: day.